Dripping so much when I walk through the scene that they gon' eat it up like an edible. Yeah, stack on the records, they federal. Pot of sweater when I walk in, I set it off. Drill, pull up and fuck up your scene. Water, water on me, Aquaman rings. Bit Draco, Winnie Houston. Hundred round drummers gon' sing. Nigga wanna be like me. Yeah, kiss all like Bruce Lee. Yeah, Christian Dior. Yeah, knock knock, got peas at the door. Yeah, thirty point gon' score. Yeah, I'm a hammer like Thor. Sippin' some oil, skr, skr. yeah, water gon' boil skr, 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 skr. Don't be a cool megazord, yeah, yeah. playing paddock is aluminum foil yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bay Podcast, it's your co-host James With Jake Hello James Happy Monday Yeah, it's a Monday episode today Yeah, Monday episode, yeah, we've been doing a bunch of Tuesday episodes for those who don't know But due to some things that are happening, we just had to do it on Monday Mm-hmm yeah, great switch up. Um, yeah, episode fifty. Wow, we've got to our fiftieth episode. Half a century. Um, half a century. Yeah. Century equal meaning a hundred. But wow, yeah, fifty episodes. Yeah, could, be, could have been more if you didn't take uh, that long tenuous break that we had early on in our careers. Yeah. Also, if you hear oh, yeah. that noise in the background, it's the garbage truck man. It's the garbage truck. Alright, well yeah, let's get into it. Why don't we talk about the Sharks, Jake? Start it off for us. Sharks. Huge. One of the biggest... A big game yesterday. Jesus Christ, that was a great start. Game 6 was last night, Easter Sunday. And like Jesus, the Sharks' chances have risen exponentially. (laughs) How about that? That's a good fucking... So yeah, Sharks... Game 6, Knights. Sharks score first. Logan Couture with about six seconds left to go in the first period. Yeah, very nice. Then in the second period, the Golden Knights score. And it was a tough... Jones made a good save. Then a rebound, which he had basically no chance. He tried, did his all he could, but just couldn't, couldn't get the knee, the pad up there high enough to Quick get enough. it. Yes. So it's 1-1. Then, that that's the second period. I think it was like 16 minutes ago in the second period. Yeah, it was pretty quick in the second in the second period. Yeah, no goals in the third. Actually, there's no goals for the rest of the second. <coughs> no goals in the third. So overtime and overtime in hockey. Whoever scores first wins. Five versus five, twenty minute periods. No t- commercial timeouts. So the first p- overtime goes. Nothing happens. Literally. Absolutely nothing. Nothing happened. The Sharks had a couple chances late to turn the win. They had a shot where I thought I thought I went in, but it didn't go in. I was like, the, it was, there's, a, there's yeah, a scrum. Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah, there's a big scrum, and I thought I thought I would just went. It it beat Flurry, but yes. the Golden Knights like defender like two three of them were in there and like somehow like stopped it from going in. Yeah. So that didn't happen. Yeah. Then we go to the also. It was also very frustrating that we had. A lot less shot on goals than the Knights, like, the entire game. Yes. Like, we couldn't figure it out. We couldn't get it out on open ice or anything like that. Or It was just really, when they did, really frustrating. When they did, there was, like, 30 icings, which kind of hurt. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, first overtime, no goals. We go to the second overtime. Eight minutes. Let's see here. There was a penalty. Actually, you know what? I'll let the sound that we have play it so we can do that. Sharks take a penalty at 9-14. Left the go in second overtime, and this is what the sound. This is what the call sounded like. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. It doesn't make sense. Sharks go on the power, the penalty kill. 
Penalty on Barclay Goodra, I believe, for uh, slashing. Two minutes. Yeah, it was slashing, yes. They, Vegas has the puck face off in the Shark zone, 9 14 to go. So the Sharks on the po- penalty kill. Big kill. You have to get it. If you don't, season's over. And here's what happened. Right now. Kept in at the point. And up the middle. A pass for Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle shorthanded. Shoots. And scores! Yeah! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot. Tomas Hurdle wins in his second overtime with a shorthanded goal. A pile of players are surrounding Tomas Hurdle, but an equal amount coming over to Bob Martin Jones, who made a record 58 saves. The Sharks force Game 7. A shorthanded goal by Tomas Hurdle, the hero of Game 5. Scored from the almost the same location. He got that all-important first goal in Game 5. Smiles must be had. Hurdle, the hero. That's what happened. Tomas Hurdle. Yes. yes. Eight minutes, like 30 seconds when the the power play started at 9-14. 30 seconds later, pass up the ice, middle of the ice. Hurdle has it. He said in an interview that he was he was thinking about dumping it down the ice. Just like dumping it down and getting a change. But he's, no, he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to shoot. And what happened? Goal. Game seven. He, he said... Fuck it. I'm just going to send it. That's what he said, dude. And yeah. he did it. He basically did. And they won. 2-1. Yeah, shout, shout out to Turtle, dude. Yeah, they won 2-1 to one overtime. Two, Double overtime. Jesus as, Christ. As you heard in the the sound that they said they were mobbing Martin Jones as well. Well, here's what Martin Jones did. You know, and he had a rough series, remember? Yes, he definitely had a rough series, yes. Very rough series. Game six. Sharks faced 59 shots. That's a ton. Jesus. 59. Mornin' Jones, 58 saves on 59 shots. Freaking wild. Most in San Jose Sharks history. Fourth most by a playoff goalie since 2010. And Game 7 is Tuesday. Most likely 7 p.m. It will be in San Jose. The Sharks are trying to come back from a 3-1 series deficit. They forced the Game 7. If they win this... They move on to face the Colorado Avalanche in the second round of the NHL playoffs. But you have to get through seven. You have to win this game. Then you can speak on that. Um, so, yeah, the Sharks playing at 7 p.m. in San Jose. If there wasn't a game seven between Toronto and Boston, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, the game will probably be like a little bit earlier, like 6 o'clock. But since there's a game seven in Toronto and Boston, that's at 4 o'clock our time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Sharks are most likely to play at 7 p.m. Pacific time. 7.15, yeah, 7, probably 7, 30, something like that. Face off. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, shout out Martin Jones, dude. It wasn't a shout out like I predicted. One goal, though. Maybe game seven shutout. Man, that'd be awesome. Hey, you have 58 saves. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, 58 saves. Jeez. Yeah. Shout out Thomas Hurdle also. Uh, calling it game seven, forcing the game seven. Let's freaking send it on Tuesday, dude. Jeez. Yes, please. Jeez. Jeez. But yeah, let's move on to some other NHL talks. Uh, starting off with the Western Conference. Uh, the Avalanche win their series against the Flames 4-1. to one. They're having a lot of rest right now. Um, just waiting for the Sharks and Knights matchup to end. 
Um, the Blues win the series 4-2 over the Winnipeg Jets. And the Dallas Stars lead the series right now 3-2 over Nashville. Um, so, so right now, second round possible possible matchups in the Western Conference are including the Sharks or Golden Knights versus the Colorado Avalanche, like we said. And the Blues versus the Predators or the Stars. Interesting, interesting, interesting. About that. I'm not sure like if the NHL does like a uh they reseed the teams after the first round. Um mm-hmm. but we do know the Sharks win, they would face the lowest remaining team available, and that's the Avalanche. Um Right. If the Golden Knights win, that's when it gets kinda iffy. Because I think they would play the winner of Predators were stars. Yeah, they were the three seed. If the Stars beat the Predators, then they're a wild card team. Then they play the next team, which will probably they would probably play the Golden Knights. But then it depends right. like what their points are, and I don't have the uh, math in front of me. But the possible scenarios for Sharks Golden Sharks Golden Knights winner of that places Avalanche. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Why don't you talk about the Eastern Conference? Eastern Conference, as we said earlier, Game Seven. Tuesday night, Boston versus Toronto in Boston. Toronto had a 3-2 series lead. The last two times these teams met in the playoffs, each of their series had gone to seven, so this is the third straight time. So they're doing all that stuff. Um, so they're playing a game seven Tuesday. I think the boss, I think Boston's going to win. Um, so that series is tied 3-3. Capitals play the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Capitals won game five. Uh, five nothing, I believe it was. They lead the series three two over Carolina. Capitals win, they move on. Carolina wins. We have game seven. Blue Jackets, as we said last episode, Blue Jackets swept the Tampa Bay Lightning four nothing. Huge upset. Yikes. And then New York Islanders as well swept the Penguins four nothing as well. Uh, Lol. Impossible second round matchups in the Easter Conference would be Blue Jackets versus Boston Toronto. Then the other side would be Islanders versus Capitals, Hurricanes, and as well as we said earlier about the Sharks and Golden Knights, it gets iffy on what happens if the Golden Knights win. It will get iffy on what happens if the Hurricanes win. And that's your NHL news. Yes, like it, yeah. Playoffs, man. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Let's move on to some other playoffs, though, starting off with some Warriors talk. Warriors beat the Clippers 113-105. to The series is now 3-1 to with the Warriors up. Two games against the Clippers. Clay had a pretty big night. Uh, he had uh, 32 points, one rebound, no assist. He went six from nine from three point. Nice. 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 Uh, before this game, he said, or like, or two days ago, so Saturday for him, he said he was playing beach volleyball with Jonas and decided to jump into the ocean to clear his mind. It must have worked, but he scored his series high in this game. Shout out Pacific Ocean. Yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, then KD had 33-7-6. and six, A pretty good game for him. And then Steph um, had a low score in that. He, had, he went 12-10-7, uh, but he is a rebound machine. 10 rebounds for Steph. Jesus Christ. Um, game 5 is scheduled for Wednesday at 7.30. Um, back at home in Oracle. Um I definitely do believe they will close out. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, game. Yeah, as you said, uh, game five. Um, they played really well. 
game three. Game four was kind of a little bit tougher, but I expected that from the Clippers because their season's basically on the line. Um, yeah. But yeah, game five was a good game, and Bogut was pretty good as well. Yeah, Bogut played pretty well. Yeah, defense was there. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how it all pans out. Game five Wednesday at 7.30. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Precisely. But yeah, let's move on to some other playoff news in the NBA, starting out with the Celtics, who secured the sweep over the Pacers. Kind of surprised. I thought the Pacers were, the Pacers were going to give up a fight. I think I remember saying Celtics in six, but I don't remember. That was, I think, two episodes ago, but yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving securing the sweep over the Pacers. Uh, the Bucks need 3-0 over the Pistons. Uh, they're done. Yep, that series is over. So. Um, the Raptors, yeah, the Pistons are not giving up a fight. They're not giving a fight to the Bucks at all. Andre Drummond just isn't. I mean, he's a good player, but he's just not good enough to beat this Bucks team himself. Um, the Raptors are up 3-1 over the Magic. The Magic stole game one, but the Raptors have went and won three straight. Um, probably close out uh, next game. Um, the Sixers lead uh, 3-1 over the Nets. Um, a lot of stuff going on during that game against Jared Dudley, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, uh, Ben Simmons. Pretty interesting series. Not Did not think it would be like this. All that extra stuff going on. But it is. And it's very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, expect yes. it, I didn't expect it either. Yeah. But yes, the Sixers do lead 3-1 over the Nets. Then moving on to the Western Conference, the Trailblazers are up 3-1 to one against the Thunder, LOL. Um, I think you picked the Thunder to upset the Trailblazers, is that correct? Yes, I did. Yes. Um, Dame time is finally upon us. Going to win this series, I predict. Um, and next, it's Rockets, who are up 3-0 over the Jazz. Um, the Jazz had a chance last game. James Harden... Shot historically horrible that yeah. game. I think he was like... 0 for 15. 0 for 15 in the first three quarters, and then he still ended up with 22 points in the end. Jeez. 0 for 8 for 3 first three quarters. Dear Lord. James Harden not doing his thing. But the Jazz just could not figure it out. I think there were some really bad calls during that game also. Um, but yeah. Again, Rockets up 3 over the Jazz. And then lastly... Uh, the Spurs and the Nuggets who are tied two and two. Wow. Um, yeah, definitely interesting. This series, I don't know who's going to close out. Close out. It's two two. Obviously, it's now starting back over. First to four, we shall see. And again, the Warriors are up three one over the Clippers. Hmm. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So, why don't we take a break here? And reach you an ad, and we'll be right back. Agreed. And we're back. And guess what? We've been teasing this for a couple weeks. Um, our own top 10 mock draft. However, we do our mock drafts a little bit differently here. Uh, we don't do trades. No trades. Some people Absolutely do. Absolutely not. Yep, some people do some trades in their mock drafts. I think they're narcissistic because they think they know something that we don't know. That, well, this trade's going to happen. I think they're going to get this and that. Shut the hell up. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything either. 
So we don't do that here in this in the BA podcast. However, the draft is this Thursday. We've been waiting for this day since Garoppolo got injured last year. The draft's here. It's time. Thursday. It's here. It's yes. here. Thursday starts a three-day extravaganza of draft picks, trades, player movement, anything you ever can wish for NFL-wise. Three days. From the first pick on Thursday to the last pick on Saturday, which I think is like 250-something. Um, in the 250s. So 250 players will be drafted at least. I think it's 244. Okay, whatever. Um, anyways. One, anywhere from 240 to 260 players will be drafted. There we go. But first, we have the first round. Probably the, uh, probably the most, most important round, would you say? Or is it that... Yeah, I think, yeah, it's the most important round. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> However, though, as the saying goes, teams aren't built on day one. They're built on days two and three of the draft. However, we're only doing a top ten mock draft. We did this last year. Had a little bet between me and James. James won. I got, I'm pretty sure, every single pick wrong. Um, you got the first number overall pick wrong. Yeah, I, I got that one right. And then I got, I got one, two, three right. And then I didn't expect the Browns to get um, Denzel Ward at four. I thought it was gonna be yes. Nick Chubb. Nick so Chubb. I got, that was wrong. You mean uh? No, um, Bradley Chubb. Yeah, Bradley, Bradley Chubb. Chubb. Yeah, Bradley Chubb. I was like, damn, a running back. Yeah. <laughs> well, there already was a running back, but yeah. Um, but yeah. But now we're back. We're gonna do it again for this year and see who yeah, gets the most right this time. And we are back. First overall, the first actually the first pick of the 2019 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock. James, if you want to go first and do your pick, you can do that. Or if you want me to go first, we can do that as well. But we will be doing, we will we'll basically be doing picks one through ten. That's all we do because yes, you know, that's what we're doing. Yes, I'll, we do. I'll, I'll go first. You go first. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've been uh, preparing since this morning, but I've also had it in the back of my mind. Who's going first? Who's going blah, blah, blah. Who we think is going to go. Um, but yeah, I think I've solidified. I've done five today. But I am going... I'm, I've narrowed down my choices to this one mock job. I think is not perfect, but I think is what I'm going... What is, what is I'm going to predict. And I think the Cardinals will be selecting QB, Colin Murray, with the number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Um, yeah, I mean, they selected Josh Rosen last season. And they even traded up to number 10 to get him. But I think it's that's not their guy. Um, there's been situation where they could trade him to, dif- to different teams. Chargers, Giants. Um, but we shall see. But yeah, I'm taking Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. Nice. For my number one overall pick, Arizona Cardinals, again. As James said, they pick a quarterback last year. He goes with a quarterback again this year. And guess what? I agree with him. But first, before we do any of that stuff, um, we have to... With the first pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. Jesus. QB, Oklahoma. I agree with James. I think they're going to be going for another quarterback this year. Um, the systems are different. King, Cliff Kingsbury, who I think recruited him out of high school or tried to recruit him out of high school, 
Uh, they run like a spread offense, and that's what Kyler Murray was great at in college. And I think, and I think that Cliff Kingsbury is like, you know what? Let's see if it can work in the NFL. It might not. It might not work. But you know what? I'm a handsome man. I'm smart. I can make it work. So Kyler Murray, welcome to the Cardinals. And that's what I think they're going to do. Nice, 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 nice. Yes. Um, yeah, so let's move on to the second overall pick. Who are picking is the San Francisco 49ers. And who I believe they will choose is defensive end Nick Bosa, Ohio State University. Oh, nice pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking they're going defensive end. I mean, obviously we uh, – we got D four this offseason. We paid him a, a lot, um, but I think in a system, in a particular our defense, we need two defensive ends for it to work. Yes, not just one. So picking up the, uh, Nick Bosa will definitely uh, boost um, our defensive line a lot. Obviously, having um, D Ford now, DeForest Buckner uh, being a Pro Bowler last year, also with D Ford also being a Pro Bowler. Um, obviously. Um, there's other picks you can pick here, but I think Nick Bosa, um, I think having eight and a half sacks last year, only playing a few games, man, he can for sure uh, stabilize, stabilize this defense and help the 49ers become the team that both of us want them to be. Mm-hmm. Obviously, winners. Yes. Now for my pick, second pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers select... Nick Bosa, defensive end, the Ohio State University. Right, 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 right. Great pick there. Yes. Great pick there. As basically all, all the reasons you said, I agree with. So let's move on to the third pick. Love it, yeah. So yeah, the third pick, uh, the New York, New, New York Jets are selecting third, and they will be selecting. They will be selecting. Yeah, go. Are you going to play the music? Or oh, you want me to play it again? Oh, you want me to play it again? Okay, okay. Are we not doing that every pick? Or are we not doing that every pick? No, I did, but I did it earlier, like too much, too early. Do it again? All right. The New York Jets are selecting defensive end Josh Allen out of Ooh. Kentucky. Bold yes, move, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um... I feel like it is a bold movie, like you were about to say. Um, but I think it's just a, a, a safe pick for them. Uh, Josh Allen, 17 and a half sacks, leading all Power 5 conferences last season. Um, I think it translates to the NFL for sure, him being um, not only an edge defender, but also playing well in space, being a linebacker that he is, that he played at Kentucky. Um, very versatile at the end, very lanky. I think it gets it done there in for the Jets, for sure. Mm, now my turn. For the third pick, the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York New York Nets. The New York Jets. Select Ed Oliver, defensive lineman, Houston. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yes. I like it. I'm going I like shocker. It. I like it. I'm going with the shocking pick of the first first round act. Basically, probably the most shocking pick of the draft, I believe. 
Even though I think, you think so. Well, here's why. Ed Oliver, I think, is going to be a great player. However, people think he's going to be drafted in the 15 to 20 range. However, really? yeah, I don't have him there. <laughs> here's why. Here's my thinking, though, with the Jets. This is where, if we did trades, this would be a trade. I believe. I believe they would trade back immediately. They would trade back really quick for a team to come all the way up to get a quarterback. Like, let's say, for example, like the Broncos, the uh, the the Washington racial slurs, maybe the Miami Dolphins. You know, teams like that may want to get a quarterback for the their quarterback for the future, basically. So I think if the Jets stay, if the Jets, the Jets will trade, I believe. But if they stay here, I pick Ed Oliver, and here's why. So you're being narcissistic right now. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, my gut thinks there's going to be a trade. However, I'm not predicting there's going to be a trade. But if there is a trade, I can see it happening. However, if they stay at three, which I think they may do, they may not. They may just forfeit their pick. You never know. Um, at Oliver, and here's why. You know who their new defensive coordinator is in New York? Tell them who it is. It's Greg Williams. Yes. From Bounty Gate, for those who don't know. That's when they wanted to knock out basically all the 49ers in the playoff game, get them injured so they can win. Didn't work out, so they can suck it. Um, so that didn't work. He got banned from football for a couple years. Went to the Bronc- the Browns, was their coach for a little bit, interim coach, so they fired that disaster, Hugh Jackson. And I think Ed Oliver, I've been, well, here's why. It's, this is not just me thinking this. I've been reading around, and I think people have been saying, like, the guy that the Giants, the Giants, Jesus, the Jets are smitten over. Is Ed Oliver because he fits exactly what Greg Williams wants to do. Now I don't know that much about football, so I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but I think they go Ed Oliver at pick three, which is a big shock. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously he didn't have that much of a productive season as they would thought. Everything coming out the year prior that he was going to be the number overall pick. Obviously his stock fell down. Um, he did pretty well at the combine, but then his pro day. He came out and flourished, um, becoming, people were thinking, a top 10 pick. And then as of today, like you were reading, I also saw something that him possibly even being a top 5 pick, where you chose him, definitely a good pick, I think, also for the Jets. I wouldn't be surprised seeing it at all, definitely. Thank you. Moving on yes. now to the fourth pick. Yeah. James, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, to the fourth pick. Yes, where the fourth pick. The Oakland Raiders will be selected. Quentin Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. Ooh. Yes, yes, yes. Some people are saying that he could be the top player in this draft, um, him and Nick Bosa, but him dropping the floor of the Raiders, definitely a blessing for the Raiders. Um, there's been talks of them, Devin White, Quentin Williams, Josh Allen if he falls down, um, but... I'm here, and I'm for them. I'm choosing Quentin Williams, defensive tackle. Um, people are saying second coming of Aaron Donald. I mean, obviously, he's a little bit, not a little bit bigger, but Aaron Donald being the player that he is, all pro, um, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of talk to live up to, but you've seen it in the film. Uh, Quentin Williams can, can be that kind of type of player if he gets the right coaching, and I think he will. In Oakland, hopefully. And, yes. All right. For the fourth pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select... 
Quinnen Williams, defensive yes. tackle. Love it. Bama. Alabama. It's one of these. That's why I think they're going to draft. Yeah. You, you can't go wrong with selecting a player from Alabama, that's for sure. Nope. Unless it's... Uh, well, yeah, you could. Aaron. Uh, Aaron. No. Um, Trent Richardson. <laughs> Ruben Foster. Rolando R- yes. McClain. Yes. Basically any linebacker from there, except for that one guy, C.J. Mosley. Yeah, C.J. Mosley. I mean, last year, uh, our years prior, Jonathan Allen, not a bad pick. Um, their secondary always not a bad pick to choose from, but yeah, Quinn Williams, solid player on the defensive line, possibly best player in this draft. People are even saying that, but we shall see. Yes. Jumping forward to the Oakland Raiders, what a blessing! Yep. Let's move on to the fifth pick, though, in which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be selecting linebacker. Devin White from LSU. Mm. Yeah, so for those who don't know, um, they lost one of their best players to free agency, but also last season, uh, Quan Alexander, who tore his ACL, I think, week six or week seven or something like that. Um, definitely one of the leaders of the defense. Um, and they're going to be reloading with picking Devin White. Uh, definitely one of the, the best linebacker um in this draft, I think, and a lot of other people think also. So, yes, that's who I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be selecting. Hmm. Interesting. Now, for my fifth Very. pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select... Devin White as well, linebacker, yes, LSU. Yes, yes, As James just said, I agree with, and that's why I picked them. Love it. Yes, moving on now. To the sixth pick of the first round. Go ahead. Yes. So with the sixth pick, the New York Giants select. Dwayne Haskins. Ooh. The Ohio State University. Whoa. Yes, yes, yes. So some people are even thinking he might be the first quarterback taken, but I just don't think it will work with the Cardinals. Um, yeah, he doesn't run. The Giants, yeah, the Giants are, they have said they are in line to possibly get a quarterback um, at six. Some people may not be Dwayne Haskins, but I think, to me, it's the best option for them to pick Dwayne Haskins. Last year, throwing 50, uh, 50 touchdowns, 4,000 plus yards. Um, come on. I mean, Eli Manning is on way down, even though Bleacher Report put out a video of him singing against air today, LOL. It's like Hoodie Miller. Really funny. <laughs> that was really funny. They said, hashtag slinging it, or like hashtag Eli slinging it, and it was slinging all against the no defender. And I was like, what, dude, anyone can Go do on. that? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dwayne Haskins, major upgrade to their offense, obviously losing OBJ, but him being the quarterback he is, um, maybe taking, I mean, he Eli, maybe one more year, and if they would want to put Dwayne in there half a year, just depending on how Eli does. Um, but him and uh, Saquon definitely uh, a duo to look out for in the coming years. We shall see. Yes, again, Dwayne Haskins, quarterback to the New York Giants. Hmm. For the sixth pick of the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select. 
Josh Allen, Edge, Kentucky. Right. Yeah, that's a major. That's good pick. Wow, Josh Allen. Here's why. People were saying, yeah. Yeah, here's why. He's the best. Right. They have an edge need. Yes. He's the best available edge. Yes. Also, they're not. I don't think they're not going to. I don't believe they're going to draft Dwayne Haskins, and here's why. They have a second first round pick, and they apparently, yes. apparently, they are enamored. What's the word? Enamored with Daniel Jones, the QB from Duke. Right. I think that's who they'll pick quarterback wise at seventeen. So at six, I go with the best available player, and that's Josh Allen. Um, so yeah. That's my pick. And before we go to the pick seven, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. We're back. Pick seven, 2019 NFL draft. Good God. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. James, go ahead. And the Jacksonville Jaguars select. Ed Oliver Ooh. out of Houston. Defensive end. Yes, hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, obviously, um, they got their quarterback. South have been looking for a quarterback at seven anymore. They got Nick Foles. Um, people are speculating uh, off of the tackle here, but I'm thinking they picked the best player available, which being Ed Oliver. Um, like I was saying before, uh, Jake, him being not having the season that he wanted this past season, um, his stock dropping, but then having his uh, combine and then throw day, boosted himself up back up to top five status, but I think he drops down to seven to the Jaguars, adding to the already, I mean, the defense took a step back last season, but I think with adding Ed Oliver will um, bolster up the defense to where they wanted to be back up again in 2019. Hmm. Yeah, that can make sense. Um, now to my pick, the, uh, the seventh selection of the 2019 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select... Jawan Taylor, offensive tackle, Florida. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that's another name I was I was looking at. That's another name I was looking at. Good pick. Good pick. I'm thinking in a I'm thinking Dwayne Haskins could go here. However, I, d- I don't think they'll do that because they have Nick Foles for four years. However, we've seen right, Nick Foles right, be right. we've seen Nick Foles struggle outside of Philadelphia or Andy Reid's system, stuff like that, uh, which is what Philadelphia runs. Um so I think there's an outside shot they could go quarterback Dwayne Haskins here. Um, however, I'm not going to yes. go that way. I'm going with Jawan right. Taylor, offensive tackle. Um, he's 6'5", 6'5", 334 pounds. Um, apparently, it's, according to this website I'm looking at, uh, he's a terrific blend of length, mobility, and power to be a reliable pass blocker. He has rare lateral movements skills for his side. He's a big guy. Six five three thirty five. That's pretty big. Um, yeah, for offensive tackle, yeah, you definitely want to have good lateral movement. That's for sure. His pass, his best trait apparently is pass blocking. Blocking, blocking. His worst trait is hands. So I'm not sure how that works, but that's what happens there. It's probably um, just uh, his hands getting on a defender. It's probably his hands aren't just strong enough. All right, I'm not just saying that. I'm just saying just in speculation. Yes, probably. Uh, but yeah, that's my pick, Jawan Taylor. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, to the eighth pick now. Picking eighth is the Detroit Lions. Who will be selecting? 
Hawkinson. Ooh. Tight end out of Iowa. Iowa. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I was going to save it for the end, but I believe the Lions are a team that could trade back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they have a – there are a lot more uh, needs that can be taken in the back end of the first round that they can do. So they can load up on picks if they wanted to. At the at the eighth spot, they can definitely trade back. But I have them this time picking TJ Hawkinson, tight end, uh, possibly the best tight end coming out of this draft class. Um, him and his companion, uh, Noah Faye, also from Iowa, uh, both considered uh, top tight end prospects, but I feel like TJ Hawkinson being the better one. Obviously, good at more of a blocking type tight end, but can also catch the ball downfield. Um, sneaky speed. Um, so yes, I definitely think it, it will help the Lions' offense, help Matthew Stafford. Um, but yes, that's who I'm picking: TJ Hawkinson, tight end. Nice. With my pick, the 2019 NFL Draft. The Detroit Lions at eight select. TJ Hawkinson. Oh, tight end. Yes, yes. Iowa. I like it. I like your thinking. Yes. I like your thinking here. Yes, that's why that's who I think they're going with. Um as you said, he's a great blocker. Has great hands apparently. He caught a they there's a I was reading a thing on him and it says like he played in the rain at Penn State, and he caught a ball with no gloves. So he's a sure-handed guy, great blocker, six five, I believe. Uh, he's six five two forty three, basically an edge type, like an edge build to him, but as a tight end. And right. I believe Detroit, Detroit, I think could go Montez Sweat or Brian Burns, but yeah, I'm sticking yeah. with the tight end because that's one of their needs that they need to have. And to give Matt Stafford another weapon so he can throw to. Yes, definitely. After losing Golden Tate, yeah. Adding TJ Hawkinson can definitely help them out. Definitely. Moving on. To the yeah, ninth pick. Yeah, silence. Love it. Yeah, let's move on, though. Yeah, moving on. To the Buffalo Bills, who are selecting ninth. And they will be picking... Jonah Williams... Off at the tackle, Alabama. Jeez, you really went off the board. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's what my first off at the tackle. Yeah, you picked Jawan White ahead of me. Yeah. So I feel like Jonah Williams is the best offensive tackle in this draft class. Um. Obviously playing Alabama. Um. The Bills need to protect Josh Allen. That's the biggest asset, definitely, on their team. So adding a guy like. Jonah Williams, who can play outside, probably starting at right tackle, or in the mix to play right tackle, um, is definitely going to bolster up their offense, offensive needs, this coming up season. <sighs> Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, you went really off the board there, Jonah Williams, who reminds people of Joe Staley, because he's 6'4", I mean, 6'5", 300 pounds, and Joe Staley's kind of a small, well, not small, I mean, like, not as heavy uh, tight end. I mean, tight end. Well, he was a tight end in college, so yes, that's partly true. But a small, smaller version of a uh, offensive tackle. And just yeah, there's people who are saying that. And then I think I saw something on Twitter where it compared his height, weight, length to Jawan Taylor. And they're 
mirror images of each other. Jawan Taylor. Yes, Jawan Taylor, the offensive tackle that you chose. Yeah, he's okay because uh, yeah, um, like how he plays yeah. or like what he looks like. No, the size, the way he looks. That's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, you're referring to how yeah. he looks. Right? I've never seen how Jawan Taylor looks. I'm just going off weight at six five, three thirty four. So like, there's, um, like people like I'm not saying that you are, but there are people who are saying that. Oh, and does it make sense? Because it's like yeah, they're like similar in size. Why are they saying about that, Joel and the Williams? Or Jawan Taylor is almost the thirty same pounds same heavier. Same. Yeah, so we shall see. Yeah, Jawan Taylor is like thirty three pounds heavier than Jonah Williams, based on what I'm looking at on like this website I'm using. Um, but yeah, Jonah Williams. Oh, if it's either Jawan, it's either Jawan Taylor or it's Andre Dillard. It's probably either Dillard. Of those two. I, I think it's. Let me see. It's. I, I'm guessing it's going to be Dillard. Dillard. Um, no, I did see that on Twitter, and I was like, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Dillard. Andre. D- Andre Dillard is six five three zero six, and Jonah Williams is six five three zero one. While Jawan Taylor is like a Trent Brown type size. Well, not actually, but like he's big, a big yeah, NFL. Yeah, he's not. He's not three. He's not like pushing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big NFL. Anyways, <laughs> for my ninth pick of the twenty nineteen NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills select. DK Metcalf, wide receiver, oh, Ole yeah, Miss. Nice. Here's yeah, why. I had him going there in two of my other drafts. Wow, interesting. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. Here's why. DK Metcalf, you have a franchise quarterback, you believe. You don't have any receivers. You don't have any franchise receivers, I, I should say. DK Metcalf has the ability to be a franchise receiver. He's 6'3". 225 pounds. I think he's a little bit... I think he's like 230, pushing it. Like 230. He's massive. He's massive. He's like a Julio Jones build with like an Quan Bolden type like mentality. How about that for a combo? That's a pretty damn good player. He's just huge, dude. He's just massive. He he fights for balls like Anquan Bolden. He's not afraid to take contact like Anquan Bolden. DK Metcalf is basically like a... I've ever heard... Hearing like he's basically... Because you know how Montez sweats 6'6", like 240? DK Metcalf is 6'3", 225. But he plays like he's like 6'5", 270. Like that's how massive he is and how – and he's strong too. Like he reminds yeah, me – Yeah, he's very strong. Yeah. Like – and he's quick and very quick uh, yeah. in long distances. He's not great short like with a – Three cone drills or something like that. Yeah. He's definitely not that fast. But all you have to do is just throw it up to him and have him go up and get it. I mean, that's basically what you need to do, and he's big enough to do it. Um, yeah. So I have him going ninth because the Bills need a need a wide receiver. And what's better than having your franchise quarterback who you just drafted last year have than a number one receiver you drafted this year to see if you can build something for the future, maybe go on a little playoff run in a couple of years and see if you can build a good dynamic one-two combo with your quarterback and your receivers, which are two of the most position, most important positions a football team has. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, they can make an absolute animal. Uh, the one thing I think that's possibly holding back teams from drafting him this high is his injuries. Yes, that's the uh, one red flag. Yes, I think that's the red flag. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see it. I mean, I put it down in two of my other five drafts. Him at nine at the Bills wouldn't be a bad idea for sure. I definitely agree with you. Yes. Moving on to the 10th pick. Wow, and go ahead. Three, yeah? 
Go ahead, James. Yes. So the 10th pick going to the Denver Broncos. They will be selecting... Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. Devin Bush. Yes. Um, Here in a situation, I picked best player available. That being Devin Bush, in my opinion, um, for the Broncos. Hmm. Um, Obviously, great linebacker at Michigan. uh, Played in the Harbaugh system. Um, Now going to a system where... um, What's his name? Who's the coach in uh uh it is Fangio? Yeah, it's Vic Fangio. And Scorangelo, yeah, the Niners yeah. former quarterback's coach. Yes. So it's Vic Fangio. Um I think adding Devin Bush, maybe they're Patrick Willis, maybe they're Navarro Bowman to their defense, uh will definitely uh, help bolster their defense even more. Obviously having them having um uh Bob Miller, Nick Chubb, um a heap to leave, but yeah. Oh no, not keep to leave. Sorry, not anymore. Um, but yeah, definitely added to the defense. I think, but it's another team. I think that might go a different direction. But I just chose Devin Bush in my mock draft. Yes. Nice. Yes. Now for my final pick. Then I'm not sure if I brought this up on the episode. We talked about it a little bit when we were off recording, but. We'll then go over why some of the people that are projected to go in the top 10 aren't in our top 10 and some red flags there as well. But to finish this, to finish my mock draft, uh, with the 10th pick of the 2019 NFL draft, the Denver Broncos, jeez, the Denver Broncos. Bron- Broncos select Drew Locke, quarterback, wow. Missouri. Yeah, I had him in my other ones, but I just didn't think they were going to go QB this year. Here's why. I've heard that they love him. Like, they want him bad. They might, They might. I heard they might even trade up to get him. But Jesus, we don't... We, they're wild. We don't do trades on this podcast. We're, we're people of integrity, <laughs> so we don't do trades. But I think they're going to go for Drew Locke, and here's why. Their quarterback's Joe Flacco. LOL. That's my reason. And that's why I think they're going to draft Drew, Flo- Drew Locke. <laughs> and that's that's our mock draft. So yeah, Drew Locke goes 10. First off, we have Kyler Murray going number one to the Cardinals. And we have a quarterback. And we have it ending at 10. With an, well, I have it ending at 10 with another quarterback, Drew Locke, going number 10. With Nick Bosa going number two to the Niners. And for the Raiders, I have them drafting Quentin Williams. Now, James, your first pick was the same, basically. First and second was the same. Your fourth was the same. Your tenth pick though was different. And if you want to, yeah. So let me just go over mine again. Yes, go over um, it again. Obviously, Tyler Murray going number one. Nick Bosa, number two. I think that might definitely be a lot for this upcoming draft on Thursday. But obviously, a bunch of things up in the air. Um, I'm starting to feel like Josh Allen might drop from the Jets. Obviously, but let's start, let's start just talking about it now. But possible trades that might happen that I might think. I, there's like, I think I feel like there are a lot of teams in the top ten who will trade back teams in the 20s trading up. Yes. One of them being the Jets, like we agreed on. That's for sure. Um, the Lions being another one. And then, like you said, I definitely agree with the Broncos. I don't think... I don't know who else is in love with Drew Locke. Maybe the Giants. I could see them potentially trying to fight for a spot up to number one 
spot up to number two or three. Because there has been talks about the Niners even trading back if they wanted to. Mm. Oh, I have um, some news on that too. Um, so yeah, apparently John Lynch had a press conference today. Yes. And he said via Cam Inman, at Cam Inman on Twitter, shout out to him. John Lynch on possibly trading back. There's two tweets. John Lynch says, if something came to us that was too good to be true, there are, pl- there are players we're comfort- we'd be comfortable taking in the middle of the round, like at 10. We've done our due diligence. Also, he says, on John Lynch, on number two pick trade interest, John Lynch said, just this morning had a couple calls, but nothing of substance. I imagine if there is interest, those things will heat up. Well, listen, we also think we can get a game-changing player there. Definitely, yeah. A number two pick should definitely be a game-changing pick, team-changing pick, season-changing pick kind of player. Obviously, a lot of people feel that Nick Bosa is one of those. But this class, for those who don't know, very, very deep in the defensive line talent, that's for sure. Um, There are a bunch of names that we haven't even said who will be dropping to the 20s and 30s just because there's so much depth at that position. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for, for sure. With exactly. our first round pick. Yeah, I agree there. Um, yeah. Um, I definitely think a trade, if it's to happen, it better be, I mean, obviously a, a swap in first this this year, maybe a third or a fourth. I mean, we don't have any, um, I forget. I think we either don't have any fifth round picks or we don't have any sixth round picks, but I think mean, that's still pretty low. I think, I, we have, third rounder. I think we have two six-round picks. No fifth-rounders, then. I don't believe so, yes. Yeah, because I remember putting that out in, I think, a couple podcasts ago, but I can't remember. There is, yeah. We have, yeah, something like that. But, um, yeah, obviously, swapping first, give us another pick this year, then give your first next year. Because a number, number two over pick, that's valuable. I mean, if they want it that bad, then, you know, and it better be... A lot. Yeah, it better be a lot, that's for sure. Like I would do a deal like if it's I would actually you know what I wouldn't do Giants because they screwed us out of Odell Beckham. Yeah, I've um, been saying this the entire time. Like, but fuck, fuck no to the Giants. Dude. If the Packers call and say, "Hey, I'll give you twelve and 30, I mean, you could just go back to twelve. Actually, that, that may be too much back. I think this if Bosa's there, they're drafting him. If he's not, then all hell then all hell breaks loose. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if even if Nick Bosa's even there, they're willing to trade. Yes, uh, yes, thinking. for like a bunch, which could yeah, be Yeah, but exactly, for a, a lot, a lot. Yeah, and we've been saying this for the past, like, for a while now. Niners, when they have a lot of picks, doesn't work out really that much. Yeah. So maybe having few picks this time, maybe they get out of their six players. They hit, they hit three home runs, or they hit two home runs, a double, two home runs, two doubles, and, you know, a triple or something. Yeah, can you translate that to what people are, what you're trying to say? What do you mean? Like a home, like what are you talking about? This like home run stuff. Like you remember when they drafted? Explain to what you're trying to say. Home run. So like an all pro type player. I'm thinking if this draft we're picking two possible starters, a guy who sits the bench and then comes out and becomes a star. Not so necessarily yeah. a star, but a, a solid role player, and then three picks that are just you know obviously good backups or down the line cuts and trades. Like, here's what I'm thinking about a home run pick. Remember when they drafted Alden Smith his first two years? Yes. That's a home run pick. That's what I think Nick Bosa could be. Now, 
we now we know about we know about Alden Smith's story off the field and how that kind of unraveled his whole entire career. So we don't want that to happen to Nick Bosa. But Alden Smith's first two seasons, he had the most sacks of any player in NFL history. Two, thirty-three and a half. Thirty-three and a half. That's a home run pick. You know, like a triple, like a, another home run pick would be like Julio Jones. That's a home run pick. A triple would be like. Oh, a triple would be like, well, no, Patrick Mahomes is more of a home run. Like a triple is like a player who first year is a pro bowler. Like all pros are where you're like, uh, when's a home run? Triples are when you're a pro bowler. So like last year, you remember when the um, Giants drafted Saquon Barkley? To me, that's a triple. Here's why it's a triple and not a home run. At second overall for running back, that's not great value. However, though, he's still a great player, so that's a triple there. So the uh, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know why you use this. Yeah, but you, usually people don't ask, "What do you mean by triple and double?" It's like, damn it, I wasn't thinking that more, that thinking that strongly. Wow, I just wanted to make sure the listeners that they knew what you're talking. Well, about. they should. I mean, they I fucking should. That. They should fucking understand. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> What does a home run mean? Does that mean he struck out? No, you dunce. It's like a, a grand slam, you moron. That's what it means by home run. Triple and double, that's just sayings you throw on the wall. I'm not a draft expert, but, you know, I can talk. I can do some hot takes. I'm good at hot takes. Triple, this makes, me, makes, me, makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about. But when you ask me to explain it, then it all unravels and my life's a lie. Yeah, just don't, yeah, just don't uh, mix the two sports together next time, huh? Well, I mean, it, it was a great analogy till you asked, what do you mean by home run? Tell the people what you mean by a home run. Then I was flustered. Then I was flustered and I had to come up with something off the top of my dome and it didn't work out and it ended in disaster. So now I sound like an idiot. So next time, when I say when I say a statement, when I say a statement, don't be like, so Jake, why do you think that? What does that mean? Just take it as face value like you understand it. Nah, dude, we're doing hot takes here, dude. I'm going to ask you questions. Sorry. That's just how it's gonna go. You can ask me questions. Like, yeah, I'm gonna ask you questions. That's a great. I'm rattled. Baseball, baseball, football talk. Get out of here. It's dude. a home run. A solid double is like Dante Pettis. That's a double. I should probably. I should have probably wrote what I was gonna say out. Like have examples. But that asking, what do you mean by this, threw me off. I wasn't expecting it. Know your teammates. Anyway, that's all we have. But actually, if you want to say about um, Rashawn Gary, and we were talking about this off air when we did our little break, about Rashawn Gary and why he's not in any of our top tens. Yeah, Rashawn Gary. Yeah, why don't you go ahead? Why don't you start? All right, Rashawn Gary. Uh, here's why he's not in any of my, t- my top tens. Production doesn't warrant a top 10 pick in college. Now, production doesn't mean everything in college. We've seen this with some examples. Uh, I'm not going to name them because I don't remember any of them. We've seen a couple examples where their stats aren't great in college, get to the pros, then something clicks, they get the right coaching, put in the right system, told what to, like put in the right position, and it just works out pretty well. Um, however, in the top 10, that's too risky for me. I want to see that you had production and that you were able to play multiple positions in college 
Like, if you're on the defensive line, you're able to play multiple positions. He has not shown that. He only had, I believe, what, like three sacks his whole entire college career? Um, yeah, that, that's, like, not not good. Yeah, people are like, terrible. Yeah, people were saying that the reason for that was because he was playing, like, he wasn't told to go after the quarterback. He was told more to, like, play the run. But if you're a great because he was a great guy, like a great pass rusher in call in high school. Like he was the number one recruit overall. But he gets to college and you're like, you know what? We want you to play more inside, outside, yeah. but not rush the passer. It's like, yeah, why do that? That's why his stock. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah definitely, definitely yeah. agree. Um, I think that part is that they were moving him too much, and he wasn't getting comfortable at one position that he would as he would want to be. Always like you were saying, he's playing inside and outside. Um, I just pull up his stats. This year, his pass rushing grade is 68.3. Mm. 0.7 away from being had, nice. Yeah. Very nice number. But yes, he only had 24 QB pressures uh, at Michigan his last year. Only translating that to three and a half sacks? Not even one? I, I don't, how many sacks did he have his senior year or his last year? Um, Let's see. I have, I have to look it up. Um. Rashawn Gear. I don't think he wasn't a sack guy. Like he had let's see here. College stats. He's 6'5, 278. He has the build for a pass rusher, but they're like, hey, don't worry about pass rushing. It's like, what? Why'd you recruit me then? Okay, he had three and a half sacks last year. Um, which and only 20 tackles at his position. You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of a Justin Smith. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a pro player like Justin Smith, but you know how Justin Smith were? He didn't have a lot of stats, but you if you watched the game, you knew his impact. Like, he would create sacks for other people, basically, get some pressures. That's what I think that's what teams are hoping Rashawn Gary could be, uh, like a player like that who – I mean, that's I, I think that's what Michigan was hoping he could be, which he I think he did somewhat well. But when you're, when you're proje- projected to be an edge guy and you only have ten and a half sacks in your three-year – college career that kind of screams like you know what maybe he's not this elite pass rusher guy that he's more of a guy inside but since they play him at different positions not the position he was good at or like he was normal for or what he played in high school his stats kind of diminished but in the top 10 yeah like that's what happened to the Niners they drafted Solomon Thomas who you know who reminds me kind of Rashawn Gary a little bit where you don't you don't know his true position you know if he's playing out of position can you play inside? Can you play outside? You don't really know. And in the top ten, that's just you have to know what you're, what you want, and what your player is going to be if you want to take him to the top ten. So that's why I don't, I don't think he's going to be. I think he's going to drop into probably the 15, 20 range, like what Ed Oliver was projected to be. Yeah, they definitely. I mean, he's definitely a, a specimen or like a physical freak for sure. Yes. But again, QB trans. The more QB pressures you have in college. It's said that it should translate to sacks at the next level. They just it just hasn't. I just it just hasn't. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, it's going to be very interesting. But I mean, even Solomon Thomas at his at Stanford, they're pretty much almost the same player. He only had twelve sacks. Yeah. But his year coming out, he had eight and a half, and that's that's not bad. That's the same as Nick Bosa coming out of this year. He had yeah. eight and a half sacks. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, it's not translating because we don't know what spot to put him in. Yeah, with Bosa, you know, you know where he's going to be. He's going to be an edge guy. If he stays healthy, he's going to get you multiple sacks. He was double and triple teamed every possession, basically, every time he's on the field. So you couldn't really see us at his full potential. 
where Josh Allen, you see all those sacks he has, but some of those sacks weren't like of substance. Like they were, he's forgotten to be blocked. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he doesn't have a lot of moves. So that's why Rashawn Gary's out of our top ten. Um, but that's all I really have. Let me check. Um, yeah, I like the I like the DK Metcalf pick, and then that you had for sure. Um, I had Rashawn Gary even going up to five to the Bucks just because of just just of uh, potential. I mean, like we were saying, I mean, putting putting the person in the right spot and having the right coaching can definitely figure things out. Yeah. Um, I mean, other names to look out for is Brian Burns. Yeah, but I think he's going definitely not top ten. Fifteen I mean, twenty for sure. Fifteen twenty. A name to look out for if the 49ers do trade back. I mean, another name is Cleo Farrell. Um, those names to go out, take a look for draft day if the Niners do decide to trade back. Yes. Also, yeah. And um, for I even yeah. I had Montez Sweat going number three to the Jets, and my and one of them, just because of how phenomenal he was at the combine. Yeah. Obviously, he has a heart condition. Um, I was reading up today. Some people have him off their boards, like completely off. Like, yeah. They're not messing around with his heart condition, but there's uh, obviously a report came out that it was nothing to be too much uh, like to be worried about. So obviously, teams have, still have him high up there up on their boards. Um. But yeah, we'll see. Obviously, draft day is a is a different thing. People think that everything is live, and then all of a sudden, no, something someone throws a curveball at everybody. Yeah, and it it's completely on. fucked. Exactly. But yeah, Thursday, I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah, I have, I have anything else to add. I'm just really excited for Thursday. I mean, especially for the 49ers. Man, 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 man. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, we have a, yeah. Next episode will be Friday, so we'll tell you about what happened in the first round, um, tell you some the moves that were made, what happened, what the Niners did, what the Raiders did. Uh, we'll give you our grades, two of day one, um, and see what yeah. else goes on. But, yeah, that's all I have for me. Yeah, nothing else to say. Yeah, so James is cutting in and out. Um Oh, we're doing can you hear me this. now? Yeah, I can hear you now. You're good now. All right. Say what you say. All what right, you're perfect. gonna say. Yeah, it's a big day. It's a big day for us on Thursday. Big day. That's all I'm gonna say. Big day. Huge. Yes, precisely. But yeah, um, I'm gonna end it for us. All right. Okay, so yeah, thanks for listening to BA Podcast episode 50. Wow, I only got here. Um, please make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at the BA Underscore Podcast. Um, follow us on subscribe to us on. Yes. Make sure to like, make sure to subscribe, like, share, rate, review, do all that kind of stuff with your friends, your family. Um, make sure to un- make sure to subscribe. As I said, subscribe, like, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, do the same thing about 50 times, gain the system, a little trick I learned from being in the industry, and see if we can get a top 200 podcast in the worldwide. That would be pretty cool. But yeah, that's all I have to add. So yeah. See ya. Go Sharks. Go Sharks, baby. Gwah! Have pistols in my hands, have pockets full of ox. Whole life I've been a G. Have bitches on the block, have strippers on the pole, have.
cocaine in the pot. Got fiends at the door, so I turned that to a rock. Yeah, 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 yeah.